pay portion is ready. I'll be starting at um, Luke chapter 22, verses 47. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up. A man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you going to betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw that was going to happen, they said, Lord, shouldn't we strike with our swords? And one of them struck a servant of the high priest, cutting off his right arm. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and it was healed. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and the elders who came for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. For this is the hour when darkness reigns. Jesus being taken away and he was just not willing to fight just let it happen or let it happen as you, as you would like it to happen have we got another song
chapter 22, verse 55. Um, trial uh, by Peter. Or the denial. So Peter is the most courageous, isn't it? The others had already left. At least Peter is trying to follow Jesus. But in trying to follow Jesus, uh, we all suffer from peer pressure, fear of man, and unawareness of our own weakness. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. But a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned. And he straight out Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly.
and I was just walking and thinking, this is from Jesus. Uh, this is when they came to him. And as we were walking, we came to um, this big Catholic school and church and things here where we live. And one of the um, nuns was up early and, and as we were walking past, she had this big purple cloth and she threw it over the cross um, as this royal kind of picture. And it was just this really just hit David and I were both just standing there in tears looking out, looking up at this cross. I think um, sometimes we hear the story so many times it can be a bit um, deadened to us, but it's been really helpful for me to walk through the week remembering each moment. Like today, what was Jesus doing right now? And he's probably in the courts, you know, being ridiculed and whipped. And he was on his way to an excruciating death. It's just, um, it's, yeah, it's been really helpful for me to re-enter into that and to walk this week, which is such a beautiful week in Jesus' journey, and that he was faithful to the end. Which is just such a beautiful picture of him with so much suffering, that he even had compassion for Peter and for his disciples and took care of them to the end. I felt a bit sad this morning. Just, um, we've got um, Samuel and Jules playing with us. At the <coughs> Little Lucas was up at the break of dawn as they do. He's up at his words. And there would be nothing more natural than what they come with us to speak Just that um, I don't know how that fits in with Peter and Noah. Is there times when we deny Jesus in our interactions with people? Do we not necessarily deny him? Do we hide him? Do we sort of put him in the background so we don't offend? Peter's well was just kind of falling apart from him. He's walked with this man for three years and this minute. And had expected all sorts of things to happen. And his superhero is just being great. And it's all starting to pull apart.
The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things. At daybreak, the council and the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you do not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, are you then the Son of God? He replied, you say that I am. Then they said, why do we need any more testimony? We've heard it from his own lips. And the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of the taxes to Caesar and claims to be the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod. He was also in Jerusalem at the time. Many millions of 
people who experience violent injustice, abuse, torture, you know, often in, in context of slavery, but still, where the courts and the justice system are perverted, they're corrupted, and people are abusing their, their position of power to get what they want. And Jesus knows exactly what that's like. He knows exactly what it's like to be a victim of injustice, to be a victim of incredible violence. He knows what that's like. And it just, in every way, he knows what it's like for every person on this earth. If they've experienced violent injustice, Jesus knows. If they've experienced being by people in power, who knows exactly what that's like. We were reflecting this morning on the same passage with Noah um, and how Herod or Pilate sent to Herod and then Herod sent back to Pilate. And I guess the two things that we we were reflecting on and discussing was that Pilate, when he came back, he he was he was trying to say this I can't see fault in this man. He said it more than once, I can't see fault in this man. But it was the people, it was the people that were screaming at him and forcing his hand um, and wanting Barabbas out and didn't hate no, it was the people that were just the pressure of the people, I guess. Um, and the other reflection we had was that. Herod and Pilate were enemies. But it was very clear in, the, in Luke was that after this incident, they became friends. Yeah. <laughs> You're sort of um, telling the story before he gets there. Oh, have we ever done that, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. But he just it's was like, like, it's like sitting next to someone saying, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> they're the two, you can tell that I'm a bad listener. They're the two reflections that I had we were talking about. <laughs>
aside. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased. Of course, for a long time, he'd been wanting to see him. For what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He piled him many questions, but Jesus gave him no answers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in elegant robes, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they were enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers of the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he has sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore I have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for and surrendered Jesus to the world. You want to again, Ruth? Well, I know, just remember that. <laughs> Such a contrast to the... Persistent and come to the door, and then says another one that if the lady, if, if the woman goes to an unjust judge, that even the unjust judge will grant her case just because she's persistent. And so it's like the, such a contrast in this instance of like Pilate, injustice is done just because the loudest voices are shouting, just because they're persistent, not because it's actually right or because it's to Jesus, but just because of people's persistence in wanting evil to, to reign, for their own will to be done. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way into the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wounds that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. 
Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is burning, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by a powerful box. The people stood watching, and the rulers even feared at him. So it's just up to Captain Ross. Who is And they said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there told himself something. Aren't you the Messiah? Say this and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you be God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, and we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until the three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last.
there next to mine. There were people all around, so I looked to read the sign. It was nailed there on my mother's head, so the world could see the news that the man who seemed so hopeless there was the king. Thank you. 
Um, close up the board. Pray thanks for all the gold and the gold friends you said. So I'll go out. I'll repeat the entire with these words and so on.